0: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio 630 Chad.
1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. dot on Oilers Radio
0: 630 Chad. brendan Escott filling in today for Bob Stoffer. Got to tell you that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Kirby Doc will join us momentarily, but we're going to get to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. More than just sportswear, the NHL is ramping back up to full steam here as the bye weeks come to an end. So eight games in total tonight with Canadian action seeing Ottawa visiting Pittsburgh, Calgary playing in Washington, and Toronto returning to Mike Babcock's old stomping grounds in Detroit. Another trade to report, we did uh, bring it up briefly with Elliot Friedman, that is the Pittsburgh Penguins sending Derek Brassard and Riley Sheehan, uh, along with draft picks, to Florida in exchange for two former first-rounders, Nick Bukestad and Jared McCann. Broussard was uh, certainly out there on the market, and one of the names that they were looking to move were the Penguins. NHL announced this morning that they will celebrate Black History History Month here in February for the first time. That's expanding their Hockey is for Everyone campaign and they're actually going to expand year-round with this uh, to include acknowledgement of Hispanic heritage and First Nations history as well. Chicago Blackhawks were called D-man Gustav Forling and the Hurricanes reassigned Hayden Fleury after just one game with the team. The Bakersfield Condors on the road against the Iowa Wild tonight looking to extend an eight-game winning streak and Cooper Marodi who has bounced back and forth between the Oilers and Condors, was named the AHL's Rookie of the Month as well for January. Edmonton Oil Kings have two tough road games against uh, Prince Albert tonight, Saskatoon tomorrow. And we will hear more from Saskatoon Blades forward, top NHL draft prospect Kirby Dock momentarily. Finally, the U of A Golden Bears welcome in the University of Lethbridge Pronghorns to the Claire Drake games tonight and tomorrow. All right, without further ado, we go back to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and we bring aboard Kirby Doc. Kirby, really appreciate you doing this, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's get right to it, my friend. You are the second-ranked North American skater. Um, I want to know, going back to your time in, uh, in minor hockey in Fort Sask, when did you start to get a hint and realize that this might be a reality for you, the NHL dream might be something within reach?
1: I don't know it's always been in me from a young age I think kind of when I first stepped on the ice I I really fell in love with the game and and I've known ever since I've been maybe five years old that I've wanted to be a hockey player but I think it was maybe when I was playing with the guys who were two or three years older than me and I I was still uh, leading the team in points and being the leading scorer in the league is kind of when uh, it started to set set in my mind that uh, this could be a dream and hopefully uh, it comes true
0: So just talk about your experience with the uh, the Fort Sask minor hockey program and how that uh, sort of helped set the table for where you're at right now.
1: Yeah, obviously it was good. Um, They kind of helped me out a lot along the way, especially by letting me play underage. I think that was huge for my development. Uh, Just being able to play against older and and bigger guys every year was was something that uh, you kind of go through when you're at the junior level and, and at the pro level, but to experience that at a younger age and, and know that you're going to have to battle a little bit harder every day because you're playing against guys who are two or three years older than you. It was, it was a great opportunity for me and uh, uh, credit for them for letting me do that. And I want to thank them.
0: Any coach or mentor in particular that you think really helped uh, guide you your success?
1: Uh, my dad. I think he's, he kind of coached me growing up and... And just to have a a good relationship with him and and him teach me the game and and brought me that passion that I have for the game was huge. And he's been there with every step for me and and helped me along the way with uh, decisions I've had to make. And so, yeah, I I don't think I'd be here without him or, or my mom.
0: Chatting with Kirby Dock right now of the Saskatoon Blades, one of the top prospects in the NHL's upcoming draft here. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stauffer on Oilers Now. Kirby, you got the chance to play at the Holenka-Gretzky Cup this past year, and of course it was uh, in Edmonton. Just talk about getting to wear Team Canada's colours and and do it and kind of the area you grew up in.
1: Yeah, it's obviously a, a huge honor and accomplishment anytime you can wear that Canadian maple leaf across your chest and represent your country in, in whatever sport you're doing or or, or activity. But uh, to have it kind of in my own backyard in Edmonton and, and have lots of family and friends, there was a special moment and to win gold. It was even it was even better. and It's something I won't forget for the rest of my life.
0: Is there anybody that you got a chance to play with there or even just sort of watch from afar and, and that you maybe picked up something along the way from?
1: Uh, yeah, I think, uh, uh, I knew obviously a lot of the, the Canadian players there and haven't played with lots of them, but played against them with. And you look know, at guys like Dylan Cousins or, or Alexis Laffer and, Yatter, and and they, uh, they get all the credit they deserve. You know, they're hardworking individuals with a ton of skill. I think I was able to pick up a few things here and there from those kind of guys. And it was, a, it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty amazing playing with those types of players.
0: Chatting right now with Kirby Dock. He's one of the top prospects for the upcoming NHL draft. Uh, Kirby, describe yourself as a player and, and what an NHL team will be getting when they select you this upcoming spring.
1: Uh, I think I'm a hardworking uh, 200-foot centerman who kind of creates space for his linemates and, and his playmaker. I think I find myself on a, on a passer first and, and then a shooter second. But uh, that's something I kind of need to work on and change and, and uh, be a dual threat scorer.
0: You're a huge body on the ice, six four, just about two hundred pounds, and still obviously quite a bit of time to grow into that big frame as well. Um, but you don't take too many penalties out there. Is that just? Do you credit that to your kind of your temperament? You don't really play that super heavy style of game, despite your size.
1: Uh, I think it's just more being disciplined. I think kind of in Saskatoon, we we have a model where we only want to take two two minor penalties a game and. Uh, to be successful. So I think it's kind of just been instilled in me that uh, check with your legs and and work hard and check through the hands and you won't have to take any penalties.
0: Chatting right now with Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. And Kirby, I'm curious if if there's anybody that you compare your game to that plays at the NHL level right now, or maybe somebody else has compared your style of play to.
1: Uh, you know what, I, I hear lots of comparisons towards uh, Ryan Getzlav and Mark Scheifele. So I think those are, like, uh, I watch lots of angel hockey, and I think those are the two guys that I kind of compare myself with. And just all their bigger bodies, both right-handed centermen and, and play a hard 200-foot game at the same time. They're, they're able to put the puck in the back of the net.
0: Ranked second among North American skaters in the uh, NHL Central Scouting's mid-season rankings, <laughs> Possibly a top five pick for yourself. Is there a team that uh, growing up maybe you've dreamed of, of putting on the colors of? And it doesn't necessarily have to be the Oilers, but obviously the connection with you being from the surrounding area.
1: Yeah, Obviously, that was kind of the ideal idealistic uh, uh, opinion I have is, is being from Edmonton and, and watching the Oilers grow up and having season tickets and, and going to lots of games when I was younger and following them on TV and stuff. is always kind of that thing when you're on the outdoor rink or, or playing road hockey with your buddies. You're like, oh, I'm this guy from the Oilers, and you're throwing the Oilers jersey. and, and it's uh, it, it would be a dream come true to be drafted by my hometown.
0: In the final stretch of the season right now as you guys get uh, set for a heavy playoff race, have you set any goals for yourself or is there anything about your game that you're really trying to improve ahead of the draft?
1: I think it's just uh, my overall game, just working on the little details here and there. But I think we're, we're more so focused on, on the goal ahead of us in, in making playoffs, And which Saskatoon has been out of the playoff picture for five or six years now. So it's been a long time coming, but I think everybody's here putting the work and, and we're ready to get there and, and hopefully have the city behind us and go on a deep playoff run.
0: One of the NHL's top draft prospects, Kirby Doc, He grew up playing uh, playing minor hockey in the Fort Saskatchewan system. Kirby, this year is a really strong draft year for the WHL. Uh, last year was not whatsoever. So do you find it pretty special in, in that you're topping the list of guys to come out of this league? Do you have a little bit of pride representing the WHL that way?
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, there's lots of good players here, and and not only from uh, Western Canada, but a lot of good players from Edmonton and, and from the Alberta area. So it's it's a pretty special to kind of grow up with these guys and play uh, against them four to eight times a year, and it's pretty unique and something that not so a lot of people get to experience. But, yeah, it's, it's a huge honor to be able to be at the head of that class because there's, there's tons of great players in that class.
0: All right, Kirby, you've got Regina coming up uh, tonight and then the Oil Kings tomorrow night. I wish you the best of luck in both of those and, of course, the rest of the way and, and heading into draft season. All right, thank you. That is Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. Again, ranked number two uh, for North American skaters in the NHL's mid-season central scouting rankings. He's he's a big body. He plays a smooth style of hockey. As most young players, I I read some scouting reports ahead of talking to Kirby, and it sounds like skating might be the, the area that he has to improve, and you could say that about so many young hockey players with how it has to play out at the professional levels. All right, we're going to step aside uh, one last time here on Oilers Now. We'll come back and wrap up the show. It's Brendan Escott filling in for Bob Stoffer. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. It's Brendan Escott today. Bob's on his way to Philadelphia, as are the Oilers. Taking on uh, what we can call the hottest team in the NHL in the Philadelphia Flyers. A tumultuous season for them as well as they also uh, had a change in GM moving on from Ron Hextall earlier this year and bringing in uh, Chuck Fletcher. We heard all about that with Bill Meltzer earlier in the show. Fear the Finn has texted us on the Heartland Ford text line at 6.30, 6.30, correcting me on something I said earlier, and that is the Bakersfield Condors are actually at home to the Iowa Wild tonight. They are on the road tomorrow taking on the Ontario Reign. So, appreciate that. Uh, Text coming in out of Vermilion, Alberta from Connor right now. Uh, no, it's not from Connor. It's about Connor, though. Hate to be pessimistic, but we've seen this story before. There's no way that putting Lucic on the first line will do anything but handcuff Connor. I am of the opinion that if this was going to work, it would have worked when they first brought Milan here. And he simply can't keep up with Connor. Connor and Leon play best. Together because they can both finish, and if uh, if Melancton get and keep going with this heater that he was on four goals and in, uh, in January already compared to two all of 2018, then maybe he could stick around. If you got to find a way to play with Connor, I do believe that there's a way in which to play with somebody that fast, that talented, and, and uh, that willing to distribute the puck as well. Text from LB in Calgary says the thing with Ratty is he may not be the greatest or the fastest skater, but he is fast at making plays and the puck doesn't die on a stick. Being a fast player isn't just about foot speed, in my opinion. Take a look at Vegas. It's a good point. I've always admired Ty Ratty's hockey IQ. I'd like to see him get more of a fair, consistent shake in the lineup. But in order to do that, he's got to be able to play in his own zone because that's what Hitchcock preaches very, very loudly. He does say, does Hitchcock, that he wants to keep the line combinations like this for as long as possible until the issue is forced. And that's um, not only over the course of the next few games, but within each individual game as well. He said this after practice last night that Hitch is looking to maybe not be so quick to put the lines in the blender you can text me at 6.30, 6.30. What do you think about that? Is it, was that maybe part of the, the struggle with this team? Obviously, there's a lot of things going on. There's a serious lack of depth scoring, but it, what do you think about the fact that the lines were frequently being tinkered with, both with McClellan and Ken Hitchcock? Text comes in from Terry in North Edmonton. He says, I think Hitchcock is off as rocker. Why start the guy who doesn't have a job for two and a half months? And Lucic back on the top line is a joke. What exactly has he done to deserve the top line? And then Nuge just keeps getting the shaft by this team and this coach. Cam Talbot may not have a future here in Edmonton. He might, and the door is absolutely open for that. But for a guy who's been a starting goaltender and he's not that old, I believe only 31, uh, he wants to play full-time somewhere. They committed to Koskinen. So right now, I think Bob kind of touched on it. I think this is going to be showcasing him for the next little bit as the deadline is coming up on the 25th of this month. So uh, as far as... Nujin Hopkins is a very versatile hockey player. He can play. I'm sure there's teams that would take him as a first line center, and I'm sure that uh, he he would be just fine as a third line center as well, because that's how his game can play up and down the lineup. So that's my opinion on Nuj. As far as Lucic getting back on that top line, he's been putting the puck in the net, and you might as well ride it while it's hot. See if that is going to work the rest of the way. I'm skeptical about it, but. May as well see. They, they went into the All-Star break on a three-game losing skid, so tinkering around with that not only should not be a surprise, but it should be expected. Coach Ron here at Edmonton has texted us asking, or saying the, uh, the Montreal guest, who is Eric Engels at a Sportsnet, by the way, uh, just confirmed what I strongly believe. The first criteria to scout a, a player is hockey IQ, above competitiveness, speed, and skill. Hope the Oilers scouts are listening. Kokuniami is a, a good example of hockey IQ. To be honest with you, I think Tyratdy is another good example of hockey IQ. Do you want to get a quick clip in here? Just one last one from uh, from the Direct Workwear Audio Vault, and that is Oscar Klefbaum. And he's talking about not rushing himself back from this hand injury as somebody who has been plagued by various injuries over the course of his career and not just with the Oilers. Klefbom had this to say about making sure that he's ready to go before getting into game action.
1: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, I want to get back as soon as possible. Uh, if they would have asked me three weeks ago, I want to be on the ice and help the guys, right? But uh, you got to be smart. And like I said, last year was a, a tough year mentally for me and, and playing injured, it's uh, it's a whole different game. Uh, and. Last year, it came to, to an end, and, and, and you've got to be, like I said, you've got to be honest and fair to the guys. If you're going to be out there, it's not going to be four and a half guys on the ice. It's got to be a cleft bond that's 100% or close to 100%. Um, so I've got to be fair and honest to the guys and to myself, um, but it's coming along. I mean, it's
0: been, it's been, it's been a long time, and I'm really uh, excited to be on the ice and play some games, but once again, we, we'll see how it is. The team is leaving it up to uh, both Oscar and the training staff as to whether we'll see him in action in either of the matinee games this weekend. It's the Flyers tomorrow. That is an 11 a.m. puck drop here on 6.30. Chad, the face-off show with Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Bob Stoffer goes at 9.30. The Oilers beat the Flyers on December 14th, 4-1 at Rogers Place. The Flyers, though, have won six in a row and are riding excellent play from goaltender Carter Hart on Sunday... 10.30 for the face-off show. Noon puck drop in Montreal. That is Super Bowl Sunday. So you got a jam-packed day of sports. The last time these two teams met was a 6-2 win back on November 13th. That actually stopped a four-game uh, losing streak for the Oilers. The Habs, though, holding down the first wild card spot out east. Oilers and matinee games. A lot of people discuss this right now. 1-2-1 and one on the year. And a couple of those coming in the first month of the season. A 5-2 loss to the Devils in Sweden back on October 6th. The 2-1 win Uh, a week later against New York in a very sloppy hockey game. An overtime loss, uh, 2-1 to Anaheim on November 23rd. And then a 7-4 loss, a drubbing in fact, uh, coming out of the Christmas break on December 29th. Quickly to this day in Oilers history, it's brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation dreams. On this day in 1986, Edmonton's Glenn Anderson scored twice to give him 250 career NHL goals as the Oilers and Flames play to a 4-4 tie at the Olympic Saddle Dome. All right, coming up tonight on six thirty, Jed Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from six to eight p.m. They've got a jam-packed show. We talked a lot about Carter Hart. Well, guess what? You tune in at six o'clock tonight. You can hear from the horse's mouth. Flyers goaltender Sherwood Park native Carter Hart joining Reed Wilkins. As is Eskimos defensive end Kwaku Boateng, just signed the contract extension. Former Super Bowl, Grey Cup, and XFL champion Bobby Singh. How many players have that distinction? As well as head coach of the Meadow Creek High School. football team from Norcross, Norcross uh, Georgia rather, as Jason Carrera. His team took part in the Super Bowl walkthrough today for CBS at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I always appreciate your company. Want to get to fill in? We'll meet again Monday. Don't forget all the hockey action this weekend on 630 Chet. But up next, okay. A news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell followed by the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. It's been a pleasure. Brendan Escott saying so long from the 6.30 Chad Studios. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.